Hi everyone, welcome back to Love Essie, the podcast. This is episode 42. And as I told you guys last week, I'm traveling. I'm like not at home. And so I was able to find a, like a quiet corner outside. So there still be some like background noises, hopefully not too many. Um, but anyway, um, I was able to finish the book. So this will be like a full episode as opposed to like a snippet of an episode. Um, so... This week, I finished Archangel's Enigma, which is book eight in the Guild Hunter series. Uh, so man is coming by with his dog. Hopefully it doesn't bark. Anyway, um, and in Archangel's Enigma, um, this is Nasir's book. If you've read the series up until this point and you were like, I love Nasir. I need a book for Nasir. Where is Nasir? Where is his book? Girl, this is his book. His book is here book eight is Nasir's book and Nasir ends up with his mate is a wonderful wonderful angel named Andromeda so as I you know do usually um I'm going to talk about it you know sans spoilers and then you know I'll take a break you'll take a break we'll all take a break and when I come back then it'll be spoiler time so in this book so this book I keep saying that phrase like that's helpful um archangel's enigma uh is a fascinating book because we get to understand several things happen in this book um the the story obviously is moved forward you know we're obviously moving forward in time and things are happening but we get a really good understanding of some of the backstory because as I have mentioned in previous episodes Nalini Singh really does build her world based on like it's very much character driven so because we're following Nasir and Andromeda we get to see the world as seen through their eyes and how they inhabit it um this book does something like this is a romance novel obviously so there's a happily ever after this book does something really really interesting um this book has on page you know there is on page sex but it is i want to say in the last 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 third of the book like it is more or less towards the end and there is no there is a reason for that um but i think what nalini is able to do really beautifully in this book is still give us intimacy and emotional intimacy and even like physical connection and intimacy without it being you know any sort of like sex and we are shown like the emotions come through and seem like not heightened but like normally I read books like I'm you know one of those people who's like ooh, closed door or you know fade to black sex scenes eh, kind of boring don't really want it you know uh you know I I'm, I'm cool with you know insert tap you know insert a into b kind of you know like I, I want the sex you know yeah, I want to see the dick and the vagina and uh, you know please include um and yet this book doesn't have this like through you know and then there are books that like you know we're like 20 pages in and you're like oh they're doing it doing it this book is more like 
what page am I on? They still haven't done it. But at the same time, I was like, no, I completely understand why. And were they were they to have done it before the moment that they do, it would they would uh, it just wouldn't work. It just wouldn't work because it wouldn't be true to the characters, which I think was really like so well done to be able to be like, here's a way to draw out and heighten all of this sexual tension and you know and showcase emotional and physical intimacy that isn't just about like the sex or the foreplay to the sex but like all of the you know the little touches that you don't necessarily think about but that are so like important you know for the creation of intimacy and intimate bonds between two people now nasir is very much of different kind of vampire nasir and venom are two characters that were like so we've been told that they're vampires but so much more is going on here and we need so much more information because ooh, girl like it's just not they're not like anybody else or like they're not like they're very different from everyone else so in this book we really get to understand nasir and his making and what that like entails and how that seems to have played out um and then um oh i forgot that i did that anyway um and then andromeda so i think i had meant probably had mentioned um andromeda is an angel right and so noel yes noel and nimra from the uh novellas were a vampire angel pairing but I don't think we have any other vampire angel pairings until we get to these two. Because obviously Honor and Dimitri are two vampires. Jason and Mejia are two angels. Raphael and Elena were mortal archangel and now they're just angel archangel. Um, I feel like I'm blanking on someone. I've forgotten someone. That is... Uh, an egregious error um have i forgotten someone no i don't wait who is archangel shuttles oh janvier and ashwini oh both well yeah both vampire so yes this is our for our first full book like not a novella that has a vampire angel pairing um which is really interesting because i think like We've got the Archangels, and that does feel, you know... But they are so much, like... They're, they are very much set apart from regular angels. Just the level of power that they wield. There's just no really true comparison. And so seeing this, it's, like... Obviously going to be different from Raphael and Elena, because it that's not how that operates. But it is... Um, really interesting in how these two are paired together and i think also what really to me sort of comes across in this specific book i mean nalini always writes about families and found families right people who come together to create family ties that aren't like family ties by blood but family ties you know bonded through like you know emotion and all that and Nasir loves 
his family so deeply. I think that is something that all of the seven have in common, which is why they work so well together. They're the depth of their loyalty to each other and to those that they consider family is is huge. These are not men who are like, I said I was loyal, but then I like ran away. Like these are men who are like, I am loyal till death for this group of people. And so with Nasir, we get to see, you know, um, another glimpse into what that really means when you are a character on the page who doesn't really have any other family other than the one you found or the one that you've created. Um, so this book, I think, whereas Andromeda, you know, has living family members, but she is disconnected from them and does, you know, does not want to be connected to them. So there's this like interesting sort of, we've got one character who has, you know, no like blood relatives, but has this family that he's created for himself with, filled with people who he, you know, would die for. And then you've got this other character who does have blood family, right? Her, her Andromeda's parents are alive. Um, and it's kind of like, oh, gross. No, my family is boo boo. Um, hot mess, no bueno, and what that really sort of looks like, looks like and means, and also understand that like people can have you know blood relatives, including immediate family, be alive and you'd still be alone, and still you know not have anyone in their corner, and vice versa. You don't need to have um, blood relatives alive and well to have you know, family bonds and have, you know, people who give you the sense of safety and security that family can provide. Um, I feel like both of her series, I feel like, I, I mean, no, I, I would say all of her romance series and all of her romance novels in general, family you know, fostering that relationship, making it stronger, or finding those who you can make that strong bond with, it seems to be very prevalent in all of Nalini Singh's books. And I think that's, you know, one of the many things that I love, because I like seeing um, these characters either grow stronger with their family, or discover new family, or be included in, you know, this new family because Nasir and Andromeda being together means that Andromeda Andromeda now has, you know, connections with the seven and all of the women who are mated or married or, you know, partnered with members of the seven. Um it's one of those things that it's like as people, you know, it happens for us in our everyday lives, right? As your friends or get partners, you know, those people become part of your inner, you know, part of your circle. And hopefully everyone gets along and everyone's like happy to be there and there isn't like drama. Um, you know, that's like, you know, usually the hope, but that's like, you know, something that happens, um, and if you don't have family, all of a sudden you have more, you know, you have some. And if you already have family, then, you know, your circle just gets bigger. Now you have more people who you can turn to for support, for help, or just, you know, you want to have dinner and hang out and, you know, shoot the shit. And they're like, got you, we're there. Um, 
And so I feel like this book, really, we sort of touch on um, that. That is, I think, to me at least, felt feels like a very important theme. Um, family and its importance. Um, and how not having that safety and security can can really do a number on a person. Um, whether that person is, you know a fancy angel or a regular regular person like you know like like you know us um but i really i mean i really enjoyed i think because nasir and andromeda you know do fit really well together and his backstory is fascinating um, and if you've been reading along, you know that Elena has been kind of like, what is going on with him? I think what's also really cool is after you read this book, you now know as the reader Nasir's backstory, but you also know that Elena doesn't know. So that that sort of is something that it feels like you're like in on a secret, right? Because at, when we get to the next book, Elena will still have questions about Nasir that you now know, have the answer to. And she still doesn't because we spent this book with him in Andromeda. And she was, you know, obviously in New York with Raphael, nowhere near everything that's going on and ha- has no idea. So it's kind of a fun, like, I feel like they, you know, I, that happens in TV sometimes where uh, the viewer has seen, you know, certain scenes and knows that you know, certain details about a situation that the characters on screen don't know about. And you're watching like, oh my God, but, you know, he's lying to you or she's actually your mother, you know, stuff like that. This is something similar. It's like, we know the truth about like Nasir, whereas like Elena is still like, in the dark and so when we you know come like when elena has questions about nasir again we'll already have the answers and she'll just be like and we'll be just sort of like almost like giggling like ah tee hee hee um you aren't privy to to this information um but no it's a really well done book um very very much propels the story forward and has an ending i mean it's a romance novel so it has a happily ever after but it's also very clear that we're building to something and we're building to something kind of big and there are so many questions and right now you're hearing the sounds of a boat on the water um and it is really sort of like this book ends and you're really happy for Nasir and Andromeda, but you also are left with so many questions. Like, so many questions. Um, but I really, really, really enjoyed it. Obviously, recommend it. Think you should read it. You would love it. Um, although, you know what I just realized? Like, some of the characters, I'm like, ooh, I wish I could have one of those for myself. I don't, I think I'd want to be friends with Nasir. I don't, I wouldn't be like, I want him to be part of my imaginary boyfriend slash husband roster. I think I'd want him to be my friend. I would love to have a friend like Nasir. Love to have a friend like him. Like, I think that would be, and a friend like Andromeda. Yes. Like, there are a couple that I'm like, I, you two are so perfect for each other that, you know, no one else. And I, I would want y'all to be, you know, my friends for life just you know just be my friends please per- perty please um 
but yes I think that's all I can talk about without like going into spoilers which I said I wasn't gonna do in this first portion um so I'm going to you know uh, pause it to pause here and then when uh the break is over and I come back it's gonna be spoiler season uh so spoilers are not your thing um and it's gonna be like uh, the, it, 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 sorry it's gonna be spoilers i i don't know why i was gonna pretend like it wasn't gonna be (laughs) um all right so i will pause here and i will be right back all right so i'm back and now it's time for spoilers for archangels enigma uh aka book eight in the guilt hunter series which if you've been paying attention if you have been listening and paying attention you know this is nasir and andromeda's book so this section i'm spoiling it right so nasir andromeda first of all nasir is uh i've always said the word as chimera or chimera because i'm you know latino background but then i was like looking up the definition of the word on google and press play and it was like chimera and i was like oh the ch is a hard k sound not a sh sound interesting anyway Nasir is was created by an ancient's brother. So the man, the angel who made him, and made is in massive air quotes, um, Osiris, um, was murdered by his own brother. Not murdered, sorry, executed by his brother because homeboy Osiris was cray cray. Um, he realized um, he must have in. It's explained that in the previous, in the last cascade, um, which is what is currently happening in the series, which is uh, a time, uh, the cascade is when archangels uh, gain new powers and sh- the world sort of changes. But there is a group of regular angels, a small percentage of regular angels, who also see, you know, their powers change and and grow, and so. Osiris was the brother of Alexander, um, an ancient archangel, and Osiris uh, was got the power to be able to, you know, fuse two things together. And he started out with inanimate objects, but then, of course, as weirdos do, decided to move to, you know, creating um, a being of, you know, like maybe taking a child and a, an animal and seeing if he could you know do that and so in the process of trying to figure all of that out he ended up you know murdering thousands thousands of both real life you know you know children but also like and um animals apparently also like may have created extinction of extinction of certain species because of his craziness and so one of the things that he does which is like a massive taboo is he makes a child and the reason that it's a taboo is that usually when you are made as a vampire you do not really grow from the age you were when you were made so imagine you're made and 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 so you're you're supposed to stay in the the sort of body that you were in when you were made so imagine you're like seven and you get made so then you like mentally mature but you're in a seven-year-old body like that's gonna drive you insane that ain't that you know like you need to be an adult or else it's just not gonna work what ends up happening is because nasir 
is not just a boy but he the the experiment homeboy was doing does work in this case and Nasir is both both the uh it was a white tiger and um the boy oh my god is that i think i just saw a stingray that is fucking so cool oh wow but it's like too dark anyway sorry got distracted um he ends up uh the idea is that the vampirism or vampirism i don't know how you properly pronounce that doesn't affect him in the same way because he you know is already a a shimera kemira and so that is why he's able to grow like grow into an adult male as opposed to staying in the body of a child and going insane um one of the crazy not crazy things but like nasir um does knock out Osiris and is able um because I believe that when Osiris's brother Alexander and Raphael find him like Nasir uh, Nasir ends up like eating Osiris's like heart because he, he you know he was always trying to kill this man because he knew like you know had had known that this man this angel was you know a sadistic monster so nasir is you know unique right he is the only one of his kind um osiris is obviously you know dead dead so he cannot be making any more of these things and so there is no one like nasir which is a really interesting concept right because it's like oh there's nobody like me and here i am living in this world where there's absolutely no one like me but he has his found family right he's got Raphael, he's got dimitri and i think what's also been really cool to see is honor and dimitri right and honor is the reincarnation of ingrid had a son and daughter misha and oh i'm forgetting the baby's name and they both obviously passed away um and it was really really sad and so when Raphael basically brings Nasir to the refuge. Um, this is, you know, I think Nasir is around six or 700 years old, right? Ingrid slash Honored is obviously not around. But Dimitri is still able to treat young Nasir like in a fatherly fashion. And, you know, Nasir really, you know, appreciates. And Nasir does, like, a lot of, like, crazy things. Because at first he doesn't really see himself as human. And then at one point, um, Dimitri basically is like, if something were to happen to you, like, it would, you know, I would be so upset. Because, you know. And and Nasir is kind of like, wait, like, I'm a person? And he's like, uh, excuse me? Of course you are. Um, it was, yes, the... Dimitri said, you are a person, the deadly vampire who was honor's mate, had said that to Nasir when he was only a feral child. You are Nasir. I'll lose a piece of me if you die, and it's a piece I'll never get back. And it's at that moment that sort of Nasir stops seeing himself as just like a weird sort of feral creature, but is like, oh, I matter and have worth 
to someone, even if it's just Dimitri. So when honor comes on the scene, right, it isn't a question of like Nasir being jealous or anything. I mean, he's also, you know, fully grown, but it's like, in some ways, honor feels like, you know, um, a mother to him. He, uh, the, the sentence or the phrase sentence, whatever the passage, he goes, it made no sense, but when he was with honor, her soft scent in his every breath, he felt like he thought a cub must feel next to the comforting warmth of its mother. She looked after him and she didn't do it in a way that made his hackles rise. And that also I thought was really sort of, I like that, like adding that information in there because, you know, it, it just sort of gives us so many layers to Nasir's relationship with Honor and Dimitri and then with the Seven. And then, you know, we're also then better able to understand how he can see and understand Andromeda so well, whereas Andromeda doesn't have those bonds. Andromeda's parents are both alive and well. Well, Andromeda's real father, as well as the father that everyone, you know, says is her father but isn't and then her mother all alive and well and yet none of them treat her with this level of care it isn't to say that they don't try in their own sort of haphazard way right her real father Dahariel does you know try to at least give her the tools to defend herself and her mother does wish you know wish her her free like wish her well um, in the end, but it is very clear that these are not, you know, nurturing parents who you, you know, who like they were not there for her when she needed them, right? They just have never been capable um, of that, and so we're just, you know, not not there. So it's one of those things that, like, as I was reading, I was like, oh, okay this is really interesting i think what's also really cool is we really you know we've been shown multiple times that nasir is very different from you know the other vampires and the other people but like the very first sentence in chapter or two sentences three sentences in chapter one are seven months nasir had been hunting seven months since he told ashwini he was ready to find a mate seven months and still his mate hadn't made herself known to him didn't she know he was looking for her and i highlighted that because i thought what a wonderful way to introduce nasir as a character especially if you haven't read the series yet and so you don't know because already immediately you know that this is a character who his thought process you know, the way that he sees the world and he thinks about things is slightly different than what you would be expecting from, you know, a regular human character or even a possible regular vampire character. His his thought patterns are slightly different. You know, it's interesting that he phrases it that way, you know, that he's been hunting for his mate and doesn't she know that he's looking for her? Like, homegirl, where are you? What are you doing? Why are you hiding? Why don't you know that I'm coming for you, right? That's a very interesting thought process and that again is sort of a, one of many tip-offs and this year isn't like anyone else because he isn't like anyone else 
Um, and so we see that very, very early on with Nasir. But what I mentioned about Andromeda is Andromeda is, you know, a, a scholar, right? She flew away from um, Carrie Semnon's court because that is her grandfather, right? Her mother is Carrie Semnon's daughter. And she like flew away when she was 75, which in, in you know, in angel terms is like, you know kind of around a you know human 15 year old she flies to the refuge because she can't like handle the the casual cruelty and depravity of her grandfather's court and so at first it's like nasir like and a scholar but then we find out like her actual biological father dahariel who's uh, second to I believe a stod and is kind of sort of having an affair with Michaela which is kind of crazy on his part but whatever is her actual father and once he realizes he does you know give her training um with you know a sword so that she's you know able to at least defend herself but he's also kind of like you know I'm not you know some like father figure savior like I can give you training that's really you know the bulk of what i can do don't ask me for more um but she is so smart and so brave and so willing and so curious and that is so key to her and nasir working because nasir is so curious he couldn't be with someone who was like oh can you stop being curious and it's also really interesting because they have a scene where she tells him to be civilized and she's just like aggravated with him briefly but immediately acts completely different around her not in a bad way he just does what she says acts civilized but she almost immediately understands that like that isn't normal that like him doing that means something way worse and what it means is that nasir is only ever that sort of coldly civilized with people he doesn't know or does not like and she can't understand why that bothers her but she knows it bothers her um and i really appreciate it because it felt like both of them realized very quick not very quickly but it was like oh wait no we do fit and work well together and this makes sense and we do really mesh well together and so we've got these two characters and then to like you know just like stir up the pot you know right um she's taking a vow of celibacy because of what she saw in her grandfather's court because she really truly never believed that she would ever meet someone that she would want to be intimate with on any level so she's taking a vow of celibacy and he's kind of like okay well like what do we got to do to get rid of the stupid vow so we can you know he loves saying the word rut um he's like so that we can like rut in peace and then she's like okay fine there's like because at this point she's still kind of like i mean like you're cute but like nah um and i gotta go back to my grandfather's court because there's a blood vow that i have to serve in his court for 500 goddamn years so she's like well if you can find this like mythological you know this book that everyone both doesn't even believe is real it's just a myth called the star grimoire grimoire um then yeah we can run he's like oh good god okay fine and what's really interesting is that like as they get closer and closer right she's just like oh god i'm so this was such a stupid vow and he's like no 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 I'm going to find the book and then we can, you know, we we can go at it with your honor intact. And there is a certain point where, you know, she's pretty sure that 
she's run out of time with him and she's like okay well like let's just forget her vow it's fine and he's like it's not fine your vow is your honor is a part of you and if we desecrate that like we desecrate a part of you so like we're not going to do that i'm going to go find that goddamn thing that goddamn book and i'm going to bring it back to you and then you know then i'm literally you know just gonna like you know fuck you for days kind of thing and what's also really like you know makes sense is that of course homeboy's uh creator or whatever osiris would have had that kind of a book because he was such a fucking like terrible person or not terrible but you know not the greatest and so he ends up having to go to antarctica to get the book like antarctica guys to get the book and like jason is kind of like wait what are you doing here and he's like i gotta and he's like and you know when they reopen because the compound is basically like sunk underneath the ice but in its entirety it but it's fully intact because it's considered like this year was like this is a burial ground right all of the ones who came before me died on these grounds and they should like be allowed to uh rest in peace he brings these um he bring he calls them the, his brothers and sisters and he brings them a toy and ask you know they like point out where the book is by letting a stalagmite drop near it and it was such a it's such a beautiful like not beautiful maybe it's such a touching scene i mean and also kind of heartbreaking it's like wow like the amount of death that happened before you know the success of of who nasir is 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 you know sort is is in is devastating it's you know six thousand beings gone um but in a you know at the same time had osiris not done what he done we wouldn't have nasir nasir wouldn't exist um and so there is that weird like brief moment of like well very brief because i'm still like oh no osiris bad bad um and then you know to top all of this off what's happening is that Li Juan, you know like osiris has devolved to a point where she's willing to break an angelic taboo right osiris's was making a child into a vampire which was like sir what are you doing and Li Juan is like, I'm going to kill an ancient in the sleep because according to a prophecy from another ancient, another ancient Cassandra, who is asleep uh, currently, Alexander, in, in, another archangel who went to sleep, is one of the only people who can stop me. So for me to be able to ascend to my, you know, darkness you know goddess bullshit i gotta go kill homeboy in his sleep kind of thing and it's like that's the one thing that they don't do like you do not ever ever attack an angel who has gone to sleep because it's like well girl like that ain't a fair fight there is no honor in that and it's fascinating that li juan oh and we find out at one point like li juan wanted to be like alexander's like partner consort right and he was like no i'm like too old 
and too entrenched in power and I will smother you. So you need to grow into, you know, your yourself. You need to grow into your identity and then we might have a chance. And then unfortunately, that's not what we have. We have a woman who has flashes of sanity and remembers the moments where, you know, she wanted to be with Alexander and then, you know, the the de- devolution of her mind takes over and she's just angry that he might stop her from reaching the pinnacle of being a goddess and so she's ready to kill homeboy it's like you know imagine you wanting to kill the man who or person who was all like i'm rejecting you not because i don't want you but because like you need to you know grow into yourself a bit more like girl like look at him trying to you know not completely take over like take you over and mold you into his creation Uh, look at you shitting in that look at you shitting in that and so Seer and Andromeda are trying to find Alexander before Lijuan because they they, not only is the fear that if she does kill Alexander and he is the only hope then there is no hope left for the world and there's just going to be death and destruction from every you know raining on everyone but also it's like this isn't fair this isn't right this it like will completely shatter you know the in the angelic world because are the others archangels supposed to just not go after Li Juan for doing something so so abhorrent and so then what I think this book, because this book is clearly getting us, getting us deeper into Li Juan is doing things that are really fucked up, and someone is gonna have to put a stop to it. Who is that someone? You know, it's looking like it's Raphael. It's looking like it's Raphael. But we're also realizing Raphael cannot do this alone, right? Because I think um, within the book, within the series. We keep being shown examples of like people have to work together to succeed. People have to work together. Whether it was that that first battle, that first skirmish uh, where everyone in New York worked together, where vampires, guild hunters, angels, you know, were all worked together to defeat Li Juan and her forces. Whether it is, you know, um, all of the archangels working together to keep Li Juan from going crazy, crazy and uh, uh, unleashing the zombie apocalypse on the world. Whether it is just the seven working together to keep Raphael's territories stable and thriving and, you know, safe spaces um, where there isn't, you know, rampant bloodlust amongst the vampires um and making sure that together they are able to create this like stable world where everyone can then um find their partners and then live you know good full enriched lives that aren't you know all torn asunder by war and strife and all of that and so we're we keep being you know shown again and again and again the whole like there is no lion team um that this is like the focus is really on 
what can be achieved when groups of people come together for a common goal um, and come together with the with the understanding that this is what you know that doing what is best for everyone including mortals not just angels is is vital is important um is necessary um and so it's definitely a book that i think like i said like we get to know nasir and now we understand nasir unlike elena who still isn't you know has doesn't have confirmation on her on her ideas um and we get to see more of the seven working together and we start to see like what the cascade really means and what it is doing and what it is creating within all of these different um angels and archangels and we're also seeing at the same time the moving forward of the story of like Li Juan against everyone else you know and the fact that there is no one there is no one in Li Juan's world who might you know tell her make her see reason because she got rid of people who would have asked her to think twice to question she didn't ever want that she seems to have been very resistant to the idea of having people in her inner circle who would question her and ask her to really think things through she has always seemed to rather instead have people who just agree with her because either they fear her or they look up to her so much right she she her her you know general was a young boy who could only you know was only accepted by her court and was kind of desperate for approval and of course she's given him all of that and of course he has worked so hard to be worthy of quote-unquote her investment in him that he would never gainsay her in any way he might have specific thoughts but i don't think he'd ever you know verbalize them and so she doesn't have you know a group of men and women or whatever who are going to be like wait a minute why are you doing x y and z isn't it better to do this she doesn't have any of that um and so she we're seeing like what that looks like right whereas like on the flip side Raphael has the seven has elena you know now has the legion like he is he is being surrounded by people on so many different layers whereas you know lijuan does not have that there are people right who are either willing to sacrifice themselves or who are too afraid of her to stop her from doing whatever the fuck she wants to do with them but they aren't able to speak to her on any kind of level because of either a sheer you know utter fear or utter adoration which both extremes are kind of problematic um and so this book sees the awakening of an another ancient alexander which is kind of crazy because look wait so now we've got Callian and alexander um and it's if you read the novellas uh there is i believe it's i believe it's in just me <clears throat> galen's book 
that that is when Alexander had gone to sleep and his son Rohan had tried to hold his father's territory for him without like informing the cadre that his father had gone to sleep and it's like boo boo you're not an archangel you can't hold this territory for forever um and they were kind of like rohan really um and then of course we meet rohan again in this book but unfortunately it doesn't end well for rohan Li juan definitely comes for him and it is kind of sad and depressing it's like oh no girl what are you doing what are you doing um but it is like it's such I really you know really enjoyed the book and I really think it really starts to make it clear to us that there are so so many layers and that those who do not foster positive relationships with friends and family and by positive I mean relationships where people don't aren't afraid to call you out or call you in right where they aren't afraid to voice their opinion even if it differs from yours where they aren't afraid to say to you you know what I know that you had decided on this course of action or that course of action but what about this but what about you know we're seeing how having that can create you know more opportunities for six for success and not having that can lead to you know an echo chamber of you know like bad decisions of torturous decisions um which i feel like that's like lijuan is a prime example of like this is what can become of an individual an entity if they refuse to allow for dissenting um opinions for questioning of concepts and ideals not to say that like you want to go to the other extreme where everything is questioned and nothing is believed but that there needs to be a balance right and that that balance especially within the series exists in the sense that like the balance needs to happen between vampires angels archangels and mortals right all of these groups of people need to be in balance for the universe for the world to really work in the way that it was fashioned because if you don't you're missing then a vital piece and then you miss out you don't see the signs of certain things when you ignore certain groups um which i do think is you know, it's something to think about, you know, as, you know, as we're reading uh, <clears throat> and we don't live in that paranormal world. It is something to think about how we can take those lessons of like being open to um, the, you know, listening to our friends and family about what about topics that may be difficult and figuring out how to work through those things as opposed to just being like, oh no, whatever, you're crazy, you don't know what you're talking about, da 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 And also that, like, when you don't have those kinds of balances, like, everything just gets, like, crazy and kind of wonky and that benefits, like, nobody. Um, 
Oh, and back to the like, you know, vow of celibacy. What that means is that for most of this book, you know, there is no, you know, no one is having sex. There is no sex being had. And yet the intimacy, you know, from the emotional connection that Nasir and Andromeda have is beautiful. <coughs> Sorry. They are just, they they fit so well, right? They are jigsaw puzzle pieces that really, really just complement each other so, so well. And so you get to see how actual, you know, sex isn't necessary for that level of bonding, right? Of course, it doesn't mean that, like, they never have sex. They definitely, you know, homeboy finds a book, and he's very much like, is this the book? And then she, she's kind of like, yes, and, like, he has her, like, naked in, like, the next second. He's like, all right, cool, because, like, I've been waiting, you know, I've been waiting, like, this has taken me forever, so... So it's not like he's like, oh, I found the book. And then I like, he's like, "Uh uh-uh, found the book. And now like, girl, let me just, I'm just going to move your leg here and do this. And like, we are ready. This is happening. But it isn't that, because I mean, okay, on sort of, I guess, a different tangent, right? My first Nalini thing ever, Branded by Fire, which is a side changeling series book, right? Book six, uh, which is uh, Mercy and Riley. Mercy and Riley, like, get it on. Like, I want, is it the first chapter? I'm pretty sure it's the first chapter, right? It's it's either chapter one or chapter two, where they're just like, and bam, chicka, wow, wow, which is, you know, fine. But it's like, hot damn, hot, hot damn. And I love that. But in this book, we don't have that. We have like, mom took a while, like, you know, not on that first page. It's more like, when do they get it on? It has to be like, I mean, it's after what's his face is, you know, blah, 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 born, not born, but comes. Oh, I was like, I looked at chapter 37. I was like, it's not even chapter 37. Um, it's very much, it's probably like chapter 40 something. Like it is deep into this book, like deep in where you're like, oh, finally (coughs) it has happened. Um, maybe chapter 49. Mm not chapter 49 um so probably 51 and this book has or no it's chapter 50 i think where he finds um no it's chapter i lied i lied guys he finds the grimoire in chapter 46 in Antarctica and he's like so aggravated but at the same time you know he gets to visit his brothers and sisters and it's chapter 47 right so chapter 47 chapter 47 of a book that has 51 chapters that's a really long time 
to just kind of go and be like, so, so no, no sex. But when we get it, it is, you know, delicious and hot and wonderful and fantastic. And it is, it makes sense for the two of them. And it makes sense that it wouldn't have happened before because Nasir understands that for Andromeda, right, having honor is at the core of who she is as a person. And to take that away would be to lose a part of the woman that she is. And then, like, then what's the point? And so... I think that this is, you know, because you might be thinking, okay, like, I've read other books where, like, homegirl's a virgin and, like, ew, girls don't like it. But this isn't your typical, like, she's a virgin and she's crying about her virginity. Like, that's not what it is. She's just very much, like, I never thought I'd find anyone I'd be interested in because the only examples I've really ever seen of people who are together are really just, like, terrible and negative because my parents are, like, depraved fuck children and they're disgusting and they're nasty and i don't ever want anything like that and then you know she comes across nasir and you know you can't blame the girl for never thinking that someone like nasir might come into her life because he is unique that he's only one of him only one of him and then he shows up and she's like wait a minute wait a minute and then nasir's kind of like girl i've been looking for you like where have you been you so annoying and then and so it makes sense for this couple that it happens in this way because had it happened in any other way you'd be like oh i don't like it no thank you i mean is it possible that nalini could have written it where like they do break her you know celibacy vow in a different way possibly <clears throat> because she's that good of a writer but i like that she didn't take that route i really do like that so yeah, I love this book. Um, it's 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 a good book. It's, you know, Archangel's Enigma. And when the book ends, right, we are left with so many questions. Alexander is awake. Uh, with Alexander's waking, we now have 10 archangels or 11 archangels in the world. And apparently there have only ever been 10 awake at the same time. Our, Alexander's old territory is currently being ruled by Favashi, which means what happens? You know, homegirl's like, well, I'm an archangel of this territory. And homeboy's like, yeah, but I held this shit for millennia before I went to sleep. Boo-boo, you've only had it for a few thousand years. I had it for a few hundred thousand years. So it's all of this, there's all this intrigue that is building. All of, all of these things that are slowly building to something. It's going to be big. Um, and I can't wait for us to get there sorry guys my throat is a little dry today but yeah um it's pretty much i think all i've got for you guys today for this a uh, book um yes i think that's it i will be back after uh whichever random sound i pick for you to listen to Okay, friends, just wanted to say, I hope you have a wonderful week. Um, I'm not entirely 
I'm not entirely sure what next week's book will be, but of course it'll be a romance novel. Um, what else? I think that's it. Just have a great week. Read some romance, read some other stuff, drink water, you know, vitamin C, get a flu shot if you can or, or not. Nah. Um, and you know, Ooh, and for fall into raw into romance bingo, which I've kind of fallen behind, but I like, I'm, I'm trying to catch up. I'm trying to catch up. Um, uh, please like, you know, either on Twitter or on Instagram, like send me your little, like, like DMs being like, oh my God, girl, I read this or, oh my God, girl, like I, I got into this one. Um, I'm, I'm very excited. I keep like seeing other people post stuff and then I'm like, I want to go read that book. And then I'm like all the other books on my TBR are like, we are here waiting for you to read us. And I'm like, I know, but, but so-and-so just posted about this other book and they're like, but we are here. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But like, I just, I'm sorry, I have to go. And then I, you know, just, just keep adding to, to the list. Um, but that's okay that's okay um i want more give me more um but yes take care thank you so much for listening and i will talk to you guys next week okay bye